to the ninth episode of Raising the Revival Generation, and I caught my wife off guard. Um, don't mind her. She's on her phone. Uh, she's actually looking up questions because we're going to do a Q&A discussion, I guess, for this podcast. We ask you for questions. We've got questions, so we're going to give the best answers that we could give. But before we do that, um, because we've been talking about gifts, and for some reason when we talk it, it just comes into existence, <laughs> Uh our good friend, our crazy pastor Sam, uh, has given us another gift, uh, and this is Downtown Tabby. It's a book on cats. Uh, so shout out to Pastor Sam, who gives the best gifts that we know. Um, and this one was sitting in the front seat of my car when I got it. <laughs> it's because we've been watching oh, Downtown Tabby. Oh my gosh, yeah, we were talking about it, for some reason, it just it happens. Yep. The dead guy that they carry is a cat. The Turkish man. I'm glad that you're really impressed by that. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> Anyways, if you get me, uh, then you get me. And so you'll understand why that book is so funny to me. Uh, so, And by the time we record this, we will have our winners. We will. Or do we announce them now? No. Okay, Just so hang pause. on to your seats. I told you not to talk about the giveaway. Oh, well. You didn't you follow directions. I don't follow directions. How, what, how many drops of oil did you put in that diffuser, though? Because I'm, like, choking over here. Enough to make it smell good. <laughs> It's like, it's beyond smelling good. It's making me woozy. So, questions and answers. Enough of complaining. Uh, where do we start? I, I've got a good one to start with. Hold on. Or do we have any to- topics you want to cover first? Well, they're, you know, this is varied. There are questions all over the place. So we're going to try not to be too drawn out on each question. By we, I mean Jason's going to try not to be too drawn out, because sometimes you get a little lengthy. Okay. (laughs) All right. The first question is from Instagram, and it says, if you could go back to your young selves as newlyweds, what would you tell little Bethany and Jason? Can you guess who who asked that? Little Bethany and Jason. Who would use terminology like (laughs) someone we know? Yeah. That I know, personally? Mm -hmm. Not just one of your friends that I know. Someone, someone we both know. Not JD? Nope. That's his his one shout out. You missed it. (laughs) I don't know. Clarissa. I feel like every question is going to be from Clarissa. (laughs) She went on like a question spurge. What would we tell each other? Um, Well, I would tell you. I would tell our son to not come into the Why are you giving us the, he's he's actually telling telling us us to be be quiet quiet, um, when he's walking through. Just go get what you're going to get and get out. There you go. I would tell you, uh, tell us, what would you tell us? And there's like a lot of things that I think about um, with that question that we... Don't jump. Yeah, that was the only advice I got on our wedding day was not to jump out a window. Because uh, <laughs> I was sitting there staring out the window. <laughs> and uh, Wasn't past- it a stained glass window? No. Oh. No, it wasn't. I wasn't staring out a stained glass window. That's physically impossible. But what I... but. What I would recommend to us. You good? <laughs> I just am not liking what I'm seeing on the camera, so sorry. Learning learning over the last how many years? Um we probably We've been together for sixteen years. So so with yeah. So with um with this question, there's another question that she asked that I saw. Okay. About what is the hardest thing in a relationship. Yeah. And I would say the advice that I would give is the same as answering that question. is It's to learn how to communicate efficiently. Mm. Um, and so we were actually just talking about this off screen. But we were talking yeah. about marriage and we were talking about communication. 
and uh, how when when God brings a husband and wife together, they become one. Mm-hmm. And so anything that separates that um, allows a wedge or a doorway for Satan to enter in and cause animosity or bitterness yeah. or like almost uh, like you're lacking something in the relationship. And so before that can give full birth to just all out destruction or, or blowing up or, or, or resentment to, to learn how to communicate in the small things. Yeah. Learn how to communicate when you're frustrated. Learn how to communicate when you're lacking something in yeah. the relationship so that it doesn't just fester and cause weeds to grow and then take full effect, which is to cause a division, but allow, but learn how to communicate. Hey, this frustrates me or, or I don't like this, or this is how I'm feeling because of this. Yeah. And, uh, well, and doing that rather than like the absolute statements, like, yeah, you never listen to me. And instead like rephrasing it, like I feel unheard when X, Y, Z happens, you know, there's like the, I, I think what I would say is it, cause I was talking about this recently with our daughter Lexi is like to fight fairly. Like you have to learn how to fight fairly because as we talked about in the previous episode is that like disagreements are going to happen. We see that in relationships all the time in every relationship, right? But yeah, you we brought ha- up the man with the, his yeah. father's. Right. <laughs> but we have, <laughs> we have to learn how to express ourselves without attacking somebody else. Like we have to learn how to be able to express our feelings and our emotions without like it being an attack on someone else and being able to to fight fairly and not you know not dredge up things from the past or not you know use things that we know I mean because it's easy in an argument like if we're arguing about something stupid well like for example I'll use our daughters our daughters argue about having to take the dog out like constantly that's like their their one thing right and so it would be easy for one of them to bring up like a really big hurt from the past and being like, well, you did this. So that's why you had to go take out the dog. And that, that, obviously this is like an extreme so example. You're, so you're saying learn to forgive. Yeah. Well, learn, learn and learn to, to like communicate or learn to stay on the task at hand or the conversation at hand. Don't and, go, don't go digging up old, right. old wounds and start laying them out. Like it's a competition. Marriage is not a peeing competition. as I Right. Say. Right. Uh, like so- <laughs> if I want you to make mac and cheese for dinner and you're like, no, I'm going to make Thai food, which is like really not my favorite. I can't manipulate the situation and be like, well, do you remember, you know, five years ago where you like you said this hurtful thing? Like that's not that's not fighting fair. <laughs> Such a weird example too. Well, I'm trying to like not use like like personal things. Well the, and, and part I of mean, that I could, but yeah. <laughs> we um, can go there. See, I'm doing it right now. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, it, it so I what I was saying was like with communication is also be able to hear. Yeah. So communication is is speaking and listening it's right. not just it, like it's not just one form of uh, of it you don't just speak and then that's how it's it's all taken that's not the that's not all of communication it's listening to other people too right. so it's a combination of both you can talk all you want but if you're not listening then the situation is never going to be over right so you can communicate how you feel you can communicate the problem you can communicate the issue and then listen for the response too because often, oftentimes that's what ushers in healing. Mm-hmm. So, so if you want to have a week of just terribleness with your wife, don't listen. Don't communicate. Just don't, don't listen. Just Are you keep, speaking keep, from experience? Keep being the victim. Well, because I figured out long ago that if I wanted you to apologize, I had to apologize first because I had to lead it. I'm and not so, really good at apologizing. So, so that, that was something mm-hmm. I learned in, in the beginning of our relationship is that, is that to be a leader of a household, you lead in every area. 
And so, and so if, if Jesus was willing to die for people's sins that he didn't commit, then I should do the same in my relationship. Right. And to prove my point, what I was saying is that, is that I then now can't take this statement of him saying like, I sh- you know, I should be leaving. I should be the first to apologize. And then like in an argument being like, well, you need to apologize to me because you said that you have to be first and lead. No, because Does that makes sense. Because the idea is that we're supposed to you both literally, be. That, we're that's both literally like, the, we're that, both that supposed good. to be like Jesus. Right. Like, so, like in sync. Yeah. So like, so with that, if she knows she's in the wrong, then I then I expect God expects her to do what's right, regardless of who I am or what right. the situation and in, is. And in fighting fairly in an argument, you really can't be like God expects you to do what's right. And I mean, you can that's say the whole that log and someone in, else in, in the right eye, way. And, you yeah. can say that in the right context, but not in argument. So I guess we just just that's that's and, it. You got to fight fair. And sometimes in relationships, when when it comes to arguments uh, and communication. Is you say the things to get the other person mad, anyways, yeah, right. because you want to be vindicated. Right. So another advice I'd give young Jason is just learn to die fast, yeah. so that you're not holding on, so that you have to be justified in everything. Yeah. If you can put it to bed faster, the relationship will be much better. Oh. If you can, if you can not yeah. harbor or hang on to things, if I can just say, you know what, I'm just going to let that one go, right, and not try to get my last word in. Um, then it will. Then you can find restitution. You can find healing a lot faster, and you can actually enjoy each other a lot better. But like I said, caveat: if you want a week of terribleness, right, go for it by all means. Don't listen. Don't communicate, and you'll get the fruit of that, and it will be terrible. But if you can just put it to bed fast, don't give the because that's what he says. He says, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger." Mm-hmm. Right? How many times as married couples do we go to bed? rolled over on our sides, looking at our phones, watching The Office or whatever, because we're mad at the other person, right? Or watching TikTok videos or whatever. That happens. That's that's <laughs> right. that's fact. Right. But if you can squash it, then you don't give the devil a, a footway yeah. into saying, well, they said this or they did this. Well, you forgive, you forget, you move on, and then you're happily married and you're kissing and loving each other and it's just beautiful. And I, I think the the other thing that I would say to my, young, my younger self is – you really have to develop and understand the concept of the two becoming one. And we were also just talking about this off camera is two becoming one because, um, God has a purpose and a design for that. And so anything in your life after that is going to go well and it's going to flip. I was just thinking that question is like, what would you say to your young self self? I would, but if it, if it was just changed a little bit, it could be a lot of fun. What would I say to your young Bethany before getting into marriage? Yeah, tell me. What would you say to oh, me? Oh, no. No, 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 no. You've read no, that. Now, no, now yeah, every yeah, every yeah. listener is going to want to know. So. Well, then someone should ask that question. <laughs> I'm not answering questions that aren't asked. Um, wow. I don't know if I should be offended or not. But but the two become be one. And I guess the thing is, and, and I do think about like that, like like with myself, is that like, when we got married, there were many things that I held on to that were just mine, that I didn't share with you, or I didn't trust you with, or I didn't, you know, I didn't um, give to you. I didn't, like, we didn't, like, come to an understanding. It was just, like, how I felt or I carried, and I think that you did the same. There are many things that you felt and that you carried, and we didn't share each other's burdens. We didn't, like, become one in it, and so... Because of that, there was a lot of friction and a lot. And there was fraction in the relationship because of those things, right? Well, yeah. And then also, like, not putting or also in putting other people above each other. That was that's that's a that's a difficult thing, and that's something that you learn, you know, in early marriage, or you should learn in early marriage is to you know to become together that like um and to be be mindful and be careful of the outside influences. 
to be careful of your sister, your brother, your yes. your mother, your you know, or your friend, your best friend. Who you know, I, like we that. We were just at we were just at a church. I was just at a church with Pastor Sam, and the guy was talking about Is when you're when, when you get out of when you yeah, we love the guy. Uh, when you're getting out of debt or you decide to get out of debt, mm-hmm. he said, "Don't tell your family." Because they'll be the number one people opposed to it. <laughs> they yeah. don't want you to get, change your situation. True. Probably the same thing in marriage. Yeah. Uh, with 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 relationships, unless they're really supportive of it, they're probably going to be mostly like, "Oh, he's not good enough," or uh, right. and they're just going to have their two cents that they're going to say and just tell him, tell him "Hey, shut, shut up." up. <laughs> Ooh. See, they're in sync. Two become one, right and, uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so with. The question, what would we tell each other? We kind of covered some pretty basic. That's yeah. off. That's off the top of our heads too. So that that I thought we did fairly good no, with that. Um, there was the, with that is is this is is start now. Yeah. Start now. And like it's never too late. Yeah, because that's the other idea. It's like, oh, we've been we've been grumpy and, and angry with each other for ten years, and marriage has just been terrible. Well, today's the day where you can have new beginnings. Right. Today's the day where you can have something new, and if you do it God's way, it will succeed. That's what I would tell myself at the beginning. If you do it God's way, mm. it will succeed. It's really hard for two people from two different separate lives who have different life experiences to come together to mold each other because at the beginning of the relationship, it's just it's it's just it's more like a mask. It's all the good right. things, but there's a lot of stuff on the inside where this hurts from parents, hurts from past relationships, whatever it is. It could be like fundamental Christianity mixing with someone who's more liberal in their Christianity. Right. It could be uh, Pentecostal mis- mixing with what Baptist or whatever it is. And I'm just talking about those are like theology, theological perspectives. Right? Right. I'm saying like cultural differences. It could be a lot of different things that are trying to mold together, which have the, which could lead or breed to a, a, uh, a disruption in the relationship, a wall, a wedge, right. a doorway for Satan to enter in and cause havoc. But, mm-hmm. the, but to be able to do it God's way, which requires a lot of laying down of self, and the and the the thing about that too is what we've experienced or what I've experienced is that as you lay yourself down, as you humble yourself, as you die to self, as you live for the betterment of somebody else, they do the same. Yeah, that's right. So like, it's not like it's not like I don't get fulfillment. I'm not a slave. Right. I'm not a servant. I enjoy. Um. I I I've figured out that when I do it God's way, that there's enjoyment that is returned. Right. And and that's the beauty of a healthy marriage, a godly marriage. I would say do it God's yeah. way because it's going to lead to that. It's going to lead to delight. And if you're if you're in a in a marriage where both believer or both parties are believers and followers of Jesus, and you're clinging to someone other than your husband, and I'm not talking about like you know like affairs or whatever, or you're clinging to somebody other than your wife, if you're clinging to a friend, to even to your children, to your to your parents or whatever, that's not right. That's not biblical. That's not what God asked and or has set up. It should be the two becoming one. And then it's out of the overflow of that that the other relationships are going to be impacted, right? So it's out of the overflow of our relationship being two becoming one that we can then rightly parent our children and love our children and set a godly example. But if we're constantly separated and and I'm I'm clinging to my best friend or my child more than him, then there's going to be fraction in that relationship. Yeah. So. And that's and that like I said that goes that goes against God's word. The two yeah. become one can't be any separation right in the marriage and that like i remember being like young and married i mean i used to call my mom like a million times a day like oh my goodness and i remember that and i love my mom my mom is very wise she's done i was gonna make a joke but i know that my mother-in-law will probably watch this and it wouldn't be worth it 
I don't know I what you're going to you. say, but my, yeah. mo- my mom was amazing, aside from wanting to name her oldest daughter Victoria. That's probably her biggest fault. And um, sorry you, if your name is you Victoria. They're but great people. They are great people. They are I, I great respect, people. It's I great wisdom. Them a lot, actually. Yeah. I talk about them very fondly. And a great example of marriage, but like. And of, and of ministry. And of ministry, yeah. And of parenting. But yes. like, I. But I didn't get to experience that. But I shouldn't. Uh, I mean, I think it's a high value, like when you have all, all of your adult children are serving Jesus and loving Jesus. Yeah. And like passionately loving I Jesus. Agree. I feel like that reflects. Anyway, that's besides the point. It's that. I would call my mom every day with every little thing, and that wasn't good. That wasn't good. Not because she didn't have good advice or whatever. It's that because, like, if I, in in parenting my daughter, you know, who was just a baby at that time, instead of, like, going to my husband and being like, well, what do you think about this? Like, should we do this or whatever? I would go to my mom instead. And then that that took him out of that, like, parental role. And it was it was just, like, this whole thing that we had to learn to not – to not do. I'm going to have to shut that door because our kids are yelling. I told you the advice I would probably tell your other kid as, before we got married. Yeah, what's that? I say a kid, but we weren't kids. We were kids. We were young adults. Well, I would say, I'd say, remember what I told you? If you ever want me to do anything for you before you ask, what are you supposed to do? Oh I'm going to go shut this door. We can't leave him on a cliffhanger. <laughs> I, that's I, like am. A, I have our next question, actually. Okay. Cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. Um, this actually goes... This is an anonymous question. They asked to remain anonymous. But they said... If um, I guess their name. No, no, I'm not. No, you can't do that because my face will give it away. And that wouldn't be very fair. <laughs> I, I'm not really good with my face. Um, I didn't get any of these questions, by the way. On purpose. I said, you don't, don't run You said media. them to me, but I was like, I know. Okay. Um, it is. Do you guys... Wait. Yes. Okay. Do you... Did you guys talk about going round in circles with certain issues? Or I'm sorry, they're asking like if we've ever talked about that. Like how do you solve the problems of having essentially the same argument that goes around in a circle, round and round and round and round? Well, it would, it would be different. I guess it would depend on the topic. Okay, but like in marriage, because well, we have, I mean, there there's like a topic in our life that like just goes round to round and round. And we're like, I feel like we're finally getting to the other side of it. It's been 15 years, but we're like getting to the other side of it where we're able to recognize it and we're able to like continue to work on it together. Well, I guess part of it is like there's severity of, of the situation. Like there's certain things that you can just avoid. Like you don't have to bring up certain stupid things that don't really matter. To, sure. To the argument. So like, so you know that if you say a certain thing or do a certain thing, it's only going to cause an issue. So you can live without that certain okay. thing. I'll give it, but I can give I'm, an example, a think, personal example I, without like it being well, like a personal say, example. I was going to, well, okay, go ahead. Okay. So like in our, in our life, <laughs> a constant issue has been, is like in going to sleep because you grew up with the TV on and falling asleep to TV. And I grew up with no TVs in the bedroom the right way. And, and for many years, right way, huh? see, that's, that's a not quite a fair thing, but for many years in our marriage, it's been a struggle because you want to fall asleep with something on and I need like okay. quiet to fall asleep. It's not just something. What is it? You want to fall asleep with the office on, yes. but it's not always the office. It's sometimes stupid stuff. I had a, I had the other night I was like trying to sleep and you had Lord of the Rings on and I'm like trying to sleep as like demonic Gollum was speaking. <laughs> so like. I like th- that. That's like an issue, or, or like so. For many years, like I, I have to like get up out of bed, go around the bed, and shut your stupid phone off because if I try to wake you up, you, you, you like pick up the remote and like click it like this, even though it's your phone that you need to shut off. So, 
that's what I'm saying. Like an argument that goes like round and round. That's a good example. Like how do you come out of that? How do you like overcome that? You know, you could just say, hey, Google, shut off phone. Or shut off the top phone. I didn't know that. <laughs> now you do. Well, I don't know. Is Google going to listen to me in the middle of the night like you do? Uh, I don't know. Not. So, so yeah, we do. We do have an issue that and goes that's, round and round. It's more comical than anything, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, for you because it doesn't affect you because you're asleep. Well, now we're watching Downtown Abbey, and I gave you the memo. It's Downton. And you're like, I, Downton. 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 Downton Tabby. Uh, anyways, uh, but you uh, arguments that go around and around and around. Uh, we don't really know. Sorry. But yeah, it, but that's very. <laughs> I mean, we've had we've had arguments that have gone around and around and around um, on certain issues. But at some point, there has to be a, a mutual submission to what yeah. to to what's important. Right. If it's an issue that's like I said, that if it's stupid, like do I sleep with my phone on now? Occasionally. Occasionally, but for the most part. No. Exactly. Why? Because I saw this. It was. Well, we tried to come up with a solution, and like the solution being like we have a TV in our room. I have the remote, so we put something on that he can fall asleep. That I can just shut no. Off. But even before we did that, there was a, there was a period of time where you, you expressed that you didn't like it, and I stopped doing it. Yeah. And now the only thing that's ever on my phone at night is the Grinch, <laughs> because of our baby. She took over the phone. So if you have a problem, take it up with her. She's the <laughs> boss. Um, but but there's certain things in your life that you just learn as you mature in your relationship that mm-hmm. how to address it with the other person. Right. Um, and so if it's a severe thing, like I'm uh, like, even in, even in the idea of like parenting, like there's issues that you have to come together on. Right. Um, how you're going to school your kids, how you're going to like TV to, I don't know. There's just different things that you have to come together on and, and think about. So it, it, like I said, first of all, it's the severity of the thing. If, if it's stupid and you can just be like, I just do this to spite you, yeah. or I just do this because I'm selfish, right. then learn to die to self and just yeah. kind of stop I, it that. It does depend on that. But if it's a bigger issue, have honest conversation about right. it. And ex- and once again, like we said before, express why. There has to be a why behind the reason right. why it keeps coming up. Like, why do you feel this way about it? Why are you so strong-minded about this? What like What's your story behind this? Because there has to be something there that drives this argument or this debate right. that we keep having over and over and over. And if it's something that you can easily fix, then fix it fast. Right. And there can be things like in marriage. Like if it's something uh, – um, if it's like an opinion on something, like if it's an opinion on like theology, right? Like let's say like it's uh, you know something that you can agree to disagree on. I think that that's okay because we've had times in our life of things like that we have – disagree to disagree on that we are a little bit different in, in in our theology and like in what we believe and it's it's never it's not a salvation issue and things like that I think sometimes it's okay to like agree to disagree on those things um if it's something that you can come to a resolution on like schooling your children or something like that then then do it pray about it be, be in prayer is probably a big thing yeah well, it's, it's see what God wants but if it's a sin issue that you've come around around and I'm thinking like very specifically, I'm thinking like pornography, like if, if there's a sin issue that you keep coming around and around and around in and it's something that you just feel like you have to like circle over and over in, then then probably it's time to seek wise counsel. Well, and the, and the other side of it, too, is because there's there's also depending on what kind of structure you run your marriage. Yeah, there's kind of like an authoritative position that, that a lot of times are, is in a household and that becomes the deciding factor, which causes animosity. Right. And so we talked about that kind of last last week or last podcast where yeah. we were talking about like loving your wife as Christ loved the church, which 
that's what did Christ do? He humbled himself under God. Right. God, God, he humbled himself, and then he died on a sinner's uh, sinner's cross. And so, to, and then when he's with his disciples, he says, "You call me Lord and Master, and you're right in doing so." And he says, "I being your Lord and Master, have washed your feet. Now you do that for each other." There's a submission that comes in, right. that comes into play. Mutual. Um, and it's mutual, yeah. yeah. It's it's it's, and so, if if it's not motivated out of love, the love of Christ for your wife then maybe you need to reassess, and I'm speaking to guys now because I am a guy, um, then you, maybe you need to reassess your motives. Right. And because it, because if it's not it's not done in that way, then it, it's it's probably done out of the flesh. It's right. It's probably done so, out of, and it could be something so stupid that you just need to like let go. Right. And, and as a wife, if, if your motive is power and control, just for the sake of power and control, then you also need to reassess your, your motives. It's a bad, it's a bad thing to have arguments just for the sake of being right. Yes. Just so you know, that that's never a good place, right. and that that's a relational thing with your wife, your husband, or anybody. Right. It's not it's not a good place just to. Have, and you see that on Facebook. Mm. There's a lot of Facebook trolls who just want to be right, and we get it on our we get it on our real face. We love trolls. <laughs> the trolls come, and they just want to post something just to be right and just have their thirty seconds of fame. Shout out to Waldo. Uh, Waldo, yeah, we found you. Yeah, uh, anyways, won't listen to us because we're clowns. Yes. Okay. Um. Let's go to the next question. Not that we agree with him. We're just no. saying that's, that was his comment. We're, we're transitioning, I think, into more parenting questions now, but kind of. Okay. This is a good transition question. Okay. Um, how do you transition? Okay. So this was in response to a scripture that we posted a while back, and it is, let your gentleness be evident to all. I think that that's the scripture. And so one of the comments was, how do you transition into a gentle home when you and your spouse haven't experienced or seen one so real fast that was that was an area at the beginning of our relationship that was a that was kind of a rough spot i came from around in a circle yeah i came from a background where my dad was very Mm heavy-handed and and one thing i had to learn is that just because he was heavy-handed didn't mean that he was right yeah and definitely not right in a lot of scenarios Mm -hmm. (laughs) because because there's things that he said and did in in the past that were Verbally and physically abusive. Right. That's just the way it was. And my mom was the opposite. She was super gentle and super loving and nurturing. And so for us, it was coming to that place where um, where I could discipline my children, not out of a place of anger, but as a, out of a place of, or a place of frustration. Because that's what happens a lot of times. They do something that annoys you. They do something you told them not to do. And the immediate thing that you respond is your anger and your temper and wrath. Mm-hmm. And so the words that come out of your mouth and, and the movements of your hands are based off of that heart. It really, and, right. and if God tells you to, to not let the sun go down on your anger and that's how you respond, then maybe you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And, and, and with that, at least in, for my family, what we noticed was that like what it was it, is it brewed, it, it brewed um, like animosity and mm-hmm. contentment for the thing. Like if my dad saying that he was a godly man. Right. And then doing those things, and it's like, well, it this, had an effect. It had an effect, yeah. yeah. And and for us, it was getting to that conclusion, to that point. And and what I would say is, it works a lot for us with the with with gentle parenting. It works better with the relationship with the child. Yeah. So so we have, and I'm not saying we're like hippy dippy. Yeah, gen- the word gentle <laughs> has a lot of misconceptions because people hear gentle parenting and they immediately think permissive parenting. Meaning you just let your kids do whatever they want. Or it means like, oh, you know, little Johnny, just tell me your feelings. Like, 
I can assure you, and I feel like if you watch this podcast or if you know us, that like we we are some of the loudest people, and our children are some of the loudest people Italian. you'll you'll ever meet. And so, like, it's not like you know, like you know, that it's that's not. I, I can tell you what, one and thing. So a better did. word is respect. A better word is respectful. Yeah. Uh, if, if you switch out gentle with respectful, because gentleness, you, again, you think of permissive, just allowing everything, and like never, there's never correction or there's never, you know, discipline and things like that. And we still have an we still have an authoritative system in our house. We're not all co-equals, as in like no, as in like there's right. no hierarchy, as if right. as if we're on the same playing field when it comes to children. But we respect our children as image bearers of Christ and respect them in the fact that they are our closest neighbors. So you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. So we recognize that we we our children are entrusted to us. We steward them. And it, and there's a and there's and we have to steward them well and and with love and care and not just a, you know, children should be seen and not heard kind of situation yeah and and with that too like if you're if you're not actively in the word of god mm-hmm. and you're not showing the importance of the word of god to your kids um it's probably not going to work for you mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll probably end up with a buddy system right where your kids are just your are just buddies but if you actually go to the word of god and you do it by god's word and so like with our kids when it comes to something that they know is wrong they know it's wrong already because the holy spirit has revealed what they need to do and what they the way they should respond. Our kids, besides us doing family devos together, um, our kids actually is sometimes in the morning when I'm like, hey, you got to take the dogs out there. Like, let me finish reading my Bible. Right. Um, because they're spending time with God on their own yeah. because they see the value of it and they see, they know who God is and they love God. And because of that, it's easier to be gentle parents with them because I don't have to correct what the Holy Spirit's already revealing. Yeah. Sure. The Holy Spirit speaks to our kids. Right. The Holy Spirit tells them what's right and wrong and and just so you know we have deep conversations with yeah. our kids so mm-hmm. it's not we like do. it's not like surface level stuff like um like like even when they're watching something on tv mm-hmm. and like all of a sudden there's there's two dudes kissing right we speak on that right we have to otherwise yeah. the world's gonna counsel them and they're gonna go down those roads so we have deep conversations with our kids and we build a relationship with our kids and the holy spirit's working on their heart and it makes it so much easier to, to use this term gentle parent that I don't, I can speak correction to my kid and it can have weight mm-hmm. because they love God. They love me and, and the Holy Spirit's at work in their heart. Right. And, uh, and I think so. So for advice, if you've never done it, start with the word of God, right? Um, let your gentle, let gentleness be evident to all um, is, is a term that we use because that's a reminder that, that, that we're supposed to show that to our kids. Our kids aren't separate outside of the word yeah. of God. That's a, that's like a, a little ding in our head. Right. Like the bell goes off. Oh man, I got to do this to my kids too. Yeah. I got to be, I got to be, I got to show my kids this because I'm called to do that to all. Right. It doesn't say all, but family. Right. Or, 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 or a little caveat, except for your kid who drives you nuts. Right. Like it's to all, because ultimately that's reflecting the character of Christ to them. Yeah. And so, so understand that, that like, they're not separate outside of the calls of God yeah. upon your life. So if it says to to treat others how you would want to be treated, that also means your kids. And I'm not saying you don't you don't correct them, because that's right. Again, it's not permissive parenting. We don't just allow. I mean, our our 14 year old she has a phone, right? And that's something that we seriously prayed about. We, I mean, we we have gone back and forth for many years. Window service. Window service. So, well, that's that was a caveat. Like, 
Like we didn't just hand our 14 year old a phone being permissive and being like, here's the, here's the entire universe at your fingertips, right? You can good find luck. out anything. Good luck. No, there, there's, there's weight to it. There's um, responsibility. There's um, accountability. Okay. Her whole phone, I can see everything on her entire phone. Right. Yeah. Um, I know who she messages. I know what she messaged. I know who, like I, I, I allow who she allowed, like because of the software, but even further than that, like she knows in order to have this phone, she has to follow the rules. And some of that, and part of that is, you know, at nighttime when it's time for bed, she brings the phone to my bedside. It stays in my room. It's not allowed in her room when she sleeps, right? So permissive parenting, when you think of this, is just just hand your kid a phone, allow them whatever. There's never any consequences, right? We don't want to take that freedom from them. But like for us in respectful parenting, it's saying like, well, you're, you're 14 now, right? We're going to give you a little bit of freedom. We're going to allow you to learn how to use this well and the right way under our authority, under our eye, under like the covering that we're going to provide you. And that's, you know, that's just an example. And with that, with that comes the, the, when we have those deep conversations with our kids comes a Christian worldview. Yes. So our kids don't come from it as like the world is a, has the best interest at heart yeah. for their spirituality. Mm-hmm. Our kids are very much aware of, of, I use this term, and it might be a click-off thing, of, of agendas that are being pushed, of yeah. ideologies sure. that are being pushed that are against God's word. We've had those conversations. Right. Um, and so they're very, they know when those things happen. So understanding that our kids have a Christian worldview when it comes to secular things yes. outside of the church right. is, is important because we instilled that in them, and we want them to know that. We want them to know that, that not everything is beneficial for them right. and mm-hmm. that it can be detrimental to their to their to them, yeah. to their heart, and to their spiritual walk. We want them to know those things because we don't want it to be a surprise. Right. We don't want a trap to be set for them, and yeah. then they step in it, and then we're like, well, what happened to our well, kids? And we talked about that yesterday during our family devos, is praying as God prayed, as Jesus prayed, to lead no. us away yeah. from temptation. And we talked about that. And we talked about that even in our attitudes, like even in how we treat each other when we're grumpy and you know don't want to bring out the dog, whatever, is to not allow the temptation of like, being argumentative or disobedient or, or any of that. And those are conversations that we have, but to get back to the question is how do you do that when you weren't raised gently? I mean, that's, that's a lot of like our story Yeah, there that there's a lot of that. And in, in, in our, like meaning our story and our parenting, because when we had Adeline, I mean, we just did things the way that we had seen Christians doing things or the way that people told us how to do it without ever even putting the work into it and how like asking God how do you want us to raise your you know our children we didn't have that we didn't we didn't do that we just kind of did like what we had been told to do by our pastor at the time by those around us and um in that there was so much friction it wasn't in, good enough it in wasn't our good relationship advi- with our daughter, yeah, and it wasn't good enough advice because it wasn't it wasn't from God, right? So we so in order for us to be the parents that God wants us to be, we need to seek God and not the best self help books, right? So so immediately, um, and there's a ton of parenting books out there from every perspective, right. from from borderline abuse to do nothing, not borderline, um, and so and so you could get any kind of information you want, right? But for us, it wasn't good enough. Right. We didn't want the best opinions of people. We wanted to know what God, how God wanted us to raise our family. Right. And when we when we came to that conclusion, because we had parenting books, mm-hmm. when we came to that conclusion, then then we started pressing into what God said, and then we started act, actively utilizing what God said. So first off, if you if you correct your kid in any whatever manner you do, and you're left feeling guilty mm-hmm. or like still angry, like 
if you correct them out of anger, <laughs> then that could be a problem. But if you if you leave that situation almost feeling guilty, then know that that's the Holy Spirit saying that He has something better right. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that that maybe you should be doing it a different way. Um, but for us, like for instance, we had I'll just tell this story real fast. We had a night where we were getting ready to do ministry, and our kids were helping us prepare, but they were fighting. Two of our girls were fighting nonstop. Mm-hmm. And it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it was going to ruin the night of ministry because it was going to ruin our attitudes and take us from a place of wanting to serve God to a place of just being grumpy and bitter. And so with that, they kept bickering and bickering. And finally, I had lost it. Right. The hostility, the hostility, hostility my goodness, was literally ha- it controlling. It was contro- and it was controlling our home. And so, like, they were just like, <laughs> and so finally, I said, I said, God, I looked at him. I said, you two. You go into that back room right now, and then you get on your knees, and you pray for each other, right. that God would bless each other. And so so they, I said, and they're like, look at me like, is he serious? Oh, yeah. They, and, and the I, looks. Because you want to know what will kill kill hostility real fast when you start playing, praying God's blessing over people's lives. Right. And so immediately, they they go in the back, they stay, and they're gone, and we're cleaning, and it's as peaceful as could uh, be. Yeah. It was just like, whew. <laughs> and then they come back in and they're teary eyed and they had just cried and prayed over each other. And I, and I, yeah. in that moment, I could have just blew up and just kind of ruined the whole thing right. and, and disciplined them really harshly. Right. And I was really upset and I, it was easy to go down that road. But in that moment I stopped and it must've been God. And I said, you go pray blessing over right. each other because I actually heard a pastor talking about a church that put it into practice where two of the head leaders were, were at, at odds with each other and it was mm-hmm. ruining the unity of the church and so the pastor brought him into his study and they started getting at each other and he said stop he says now you get on your knees with him and you pray over each other mm. and he said by the time they were done praying for each other it was such a beautiful moment and tears were coming down their right. eyes as they were praying for each other and i said i'm gonna put that into practice right. and so i used my kids as guinea pigs right. and, well, and and when they came back there was fruit out of right. that for me for you know, part of our story and what happened is that um, we had dis- discipline methods that we had always been told to use, and there was a time, there was a, a multiple times, but there was a time where um, I could not handle it. It was not good for me. It was it was not good for me, and it wasn't good for my child. And uh, there there was like overcorrection that was happening that was not good. And I, I failed to recognize um, just that my child was a child mm. and um, and her cognitive ability of where she was at and being a child and where her brain was at and all the functioning and everything and even just our life. And part of that was a lack of knowledge on the spiritual end of things, the spiritual warfare or any of that. But a lot of it was just unchecked anger in my life. And it was um, unchecked unforgiveness in my life. I mean, there was just all these things that kind of led up to it. And I mem- I remember the moment of overcorrectness. And after, I just felt, I mean, I was just broken because yeah. I felt like the worst mother in the world. I felt like I shouldn't even have these kids because, like, I just couldn't handle it. I just, I mean, it, it was awful. And I remember crying out to God and just saying, like, God, like, you have given me these gifts and I'm literally just squandering them. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm ruining them and I'm squandering them. And I remember... God very clearly saying to me, like, you, you've you tried this man's way. You've tried this your way, but, you know, try it my way kind of thing. And, and, and repentance happened in that. And I remember you coming home. And I remember me saying to you, like, I, like I'm asking you, like, we need to change how we're doing this because, like, it's not only it's, – it's killing me and it's killing our, our kid. 
that's killing our relationship. And that, that was kind of the, the change for everything. And things didn't happen overnight. I mean, I, I've, I've struggled with postpartum anxiety, especially at that point. And so that, that anger and that lack of gentleness, I'm, I'm not naturally a gentle person. I'm naturally a fairly intense person. And so, and so it hasn't happened overnight. And I guess that's where I want to reiterate that when we talk about gentleness, it's not necessarily in, you know, just like, oh, it's okay. You know, let me, let me just pat you on the head and, you know, like that soft, whatever it's sometimes in gentleness is, is just like not being reactive. Yeah. And, and like, and like understanding like our home where we, we do not perfectly implement this. And, and we should state that as we try, as we strive and as we go further, right. We still have the loudest home you'll probably ever meet. And that part of that is just because there's nine people. Um, and, and some people are probably listening to this and they're automatically, uh, the word gentle can be a trigger, trigger word. Triggers. Um, and we've been making a list of trigger words and we're going to try to hit them all in one episode just to have a bunch of parents freak out. Ah, I said that. Um, she goes, <laughs> never mind. We're, we're even using pronouns that might be triggering for some people. I called you she. Oh. Um, you are a, a birthing human being or whatever they say oh. nowadays. Uh, but anyways, with, with that, um, is to understand that a lot of people point to this, this, this term that's used, and it's it's to spare the rod and spoil the child. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, in the Bible in the New Testament says not to exasperate your children. Hang because on, I know what you're going to say, but, but actually, <laughs> okay. but there is a verse in Proverbs that but actually spare does, the rod, spoil the child. It's from an erotic if, poem. It says, "He who does not discipline his child hates him." Right, but that's, that's different than spare the rod. But spoil anyways, the child. back to what I was saying. I will call um, Angela in because. It, because there, there is there is correction that needs to be brought. Mm-hmm. But the other aspect of it is, too, is not to exasperate children so that they hate you and hate hate the things of God. Yeah. If you're just beating a kid because God said, because you feel like God told you to, then you're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's not to exasperate them, too, to cause animosity that separates them from God. I come from a family where that happened quite often. Mm-hmm. Where, where, I mean, you take James, for instance. James says, like, how can you speak badly about somebody, anybody, who's made in the image of God, and then go to church and worship him? Right. So take that and, and just put that in the context of children. It's like, how can you, how can you, how can you harm a child when, when actually it says in Matthew, in the Gospels, Jesus says that if you harm any of these kids, you're better off tying a millstone around your neck and jumping in the lake. Mm. That's better for you than when you stand before me in judgment. It's like, well, that's harsh. Right. But, but. But how could we do those things to our kids that are detrimental to them, not just physically, but spiritually as the head of the house? Right. So if, I, if I'm a conduit through which God wants to speak to my kids and I'm supposed to raise them in a way so that they know the Lord, but yet I'm constantly undercutting my own witness by the way I treat them. Right. Then, then that's detrimental to them and I'm, I'm actually hindering their spiritual growth and God loves them and God right. has a plan for them and God wants to them to, to be... Uh, to know him and, and to grow in that relationship with him. But if mm-hmm. I'm constantly saying God loves you and then I'm showing the opposite to them in my actions and my words, then I'm actually contradicting my message. And what I'm doing is I'm calling, I'm, I'm causing callous on their heart. Right. I'm the reason why they don't, why they have right. callous on their heart. And that's a hard thing to swallow, but that's the one thing we need to look at. We're called to be stewards and shepherds. If, if a man can't steward his own household well, how can he steward the household of God? That's Timothy right. when he's talking about elders. And we need to realize that that's the calling of a, of a, of a, of a parent 
first is to parent your kids. It's yeah. to steward your kids. Then, if you succeed in that, and your kids don't hate you and are against God, then you get the opportunity to be an elder. Right. Because you've shown yourself faithful in what God gave you first. Right. First is your family. Then comes the other stuff. And mistakes are going to happen, and growth is going to happen. And that, I mean, that's 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 our story. And don't think that we've, you know, we've made it. Our kids are still fairly young, but I will say, like, when I when I begin to look at where we are now compared to a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, and you keep backtracking, I think like there were times where I never thought that my parenting could look like what it looks like now. And and with the with the, the so the, the the result of that too is. And so if you are wrong say in it. what you do, say it. Yeah, that's right. That's huge. Um, Acknowledge be- it. Because they're, they're, they're image bearers also. Yeah. And so when it says in the Gospels that if, if, if you have offense against somebody and you have your sacrifice at the altar, leave it mm-hmm. and go and make it right with them. Right. Right. That, that, do that with your children. Mm-hmm. Because not only will it, will it do it with your spouse too, by the way, because uh, not only will it, will, it, will it help the relationship, but it will show them. Yeah. It will show them that, that you 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 uh, you really love God's word a lot, that you're willing to abide by it, mm-hmm. even with them. And uh, and don't segregate it out. That don't segregate it out. Don't say, well, that's for the people outside. No, that's for your family too. If you if you do wrong, I remember one time I I, I was harsh with Adeline when she was younger, and I called you from work because it was eating me, like mm-hmm. eating me. I was trying to work, and it was just eating me up. And I I asked her. I I told you to tell for her Adeline. That. She's always the example. Well, she was the first. Just the hardest. Um, but our relationship with her is amazing now. She's yeah. funny. She's like, we enjoy to be around her. Um, she enjoys to be around us all yeah. the time. Like that's how many 14 year olds out there love to be around their parents all the time. Like that's a blessing to us. So she trolls us and films us, but yes. that's a whole different story. She just laughs the whole time, but that's part of who she is. Um, but when, when I disciplined her harshly and this was before we really jumped into this, but we were starting mm-hmm. to, like we were, we were working to. on it and God was bringing conviction. Yeah, and I remember I called up from work and I said, "I said, tell Adeline I'm sorry and I love her." Mm. And their response was, "I know." Yeah. And so, don't be afraid to 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 model that to your kids, right. um, because it's going to have impact. And I would say, like when it comes to apologizing or repentance, is that I think oftentimes, especially in Christian parenting. It's this thought process that, like, I'm the parent, so, like, I'm representative of God, and, like, when my kid disobeys, like, it's sin, right? And that that's that's the mindset. And in the mindset is that very often you as the parent could be wrong, but so if you're wrong, don't expect that your child has to come and apologize just because they're the child and you're the adult. Yeah. The authority in the, in the relationship. Yourself. Right there's there's a humbleness that needs to happen, and it's it's like and, it's hard. And that and that's that's very much Christ-like, right? Right. We are under Christ. We are always going to be under Christ, mm-hmm. right? But yet He humbled Himself to wash feet, right? To die on a cross. So follow that example, right. even with your kids. And the other thing with that too, I had something that I was going to say is, uh, and I think I just forgot it. Yeah. Dang it, and it well, was good. Well, we so, can move on to the next question, and then maybe you'll remember it. I don't think I'm gonna. It's gone. It's gone with the wind. I don't know. I wish I could help you, but I can't. Um. Okay, hold on. I have to pull up the other screenshot. Okay, here's a question, and I guess that this is more of another anonymous question, but I guess we're gonna have to break it out so I can understand what they're saying. Okay, I'm. Cu- I, this is back to to marriage. I'm sorry. 
Are you still trying to remember what you were saying? Yeah, just keep going. Okay. I'm trying, it's going to bug me all day. I'm curious of both your points of view. Do you think that since it seems we talk a lot of time to women, okay, do you think that we talk a lot to women about their roles of submission, that possibly we should come back and speak to the man's role of loving his wife? Why or why not? And I think what they're saying is that, like, um, a lot of times in Christian circles, you hear, you know, to wives, like every, you know, women's event is you got to submit, you got to submit, you got to submit. What they're saying is, do you think that there needs to be an equality in speaking to men about loving their wives as Christ loves the church? Well, the funny thing about that whole section of scripture is it starts with the man. So if you're going to, if you, I agree, I, I don't, even, I don't, yeah, equality, I, I think it's. Or that the church needs to be focusing or I guess I guess my answer is is I actually think it's neither. I don't think that the church should be very specifically just talking to women about submission and men about loving their uh, their wives as Christ loved the church. I think that they need to be speaking to it on a whole. And I think like the issue is with that scripture is that it gets taken by pieces instead of on a whole. And I think that at the end of the day, if we teach the scripture on a whole, as we talked about in the previous episode of, of you know a triangle and not an umbrella situation and we as a whole to the couple and showing them specifically how how does this work how does this work together then that then that's what they need to put their energy to well i i think uh part of it is it's it's a relationship so it is two and yeah. one so it can't be like you can't just tell a woman to submit right if the husband isn't loving as Christ loved the church in the context of that scripture because it's the context of that scripture that matters. Right. And then they go on to just say that it just seems like there's an unevenness in teaching. Oh, there probably is. And I would agree with that. I would it agree that is, there is but, an but the But the onus as a man, so, so as a man, I can only point my finger at the men and say, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? Well, read God's word. Read the gospel. Read, read how it talks about his sacrificial life, how he washes her. Um, and, and, and how he, how he humbled himself. If you're not doing that, then you can't point your finger at your wife and say, you need to submit to me because that's this totalitarian governmental style that, right. that, that, he, that we always stand Again, in opposition Again, just for the against. sake of being right or being the authority, which is yeah. what I went, so, went back to with the children. So it's a relationship. It's a, it's a cause and effect type of, right. of, of reaction here. So if you're not, if you're not upholding God's word, then don't expect the best from God's word, which is a wife who comes right. alongside of you because you're not going to get it. You're right. going to get the opposite. You're going to get animosity. You're going to get the, all right. these other things. You're going to get, even when, even like when you look at families on TV, like the Duggars or whatever, I don't mean to call people out, but their whole family's messed up because of the whole structure that they do it by. Do it by God's word. Love your wife the way that Christ loved the church. That's not authoritative. He could, he was God. At any moment, he could have done anything that God could have, that God does. He says he could have called the angels down and just wiped them all out. Right. But that's not what he did. He humbled himself. He loved the church and he died for her. And so that's the kind of love as a man. And so I'm speaking to men because I am one. Right. Um, I identify as a man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was just funny to me. I was watching, actually today I was watching Ben Shapiro reacts to videos. And oh. that, that was one of the things that came <laughs> no. up. So it just stuck. It's been on my mind. Um, but but uh, yeah, do the things that God's called you to do. You can't expect, and that's the Deuteronomy blessing, right? Yes. If you walk in obedience right. to my word, that's all areas of your life, just so yeah. you know. So if you're not willing to walk in obedience, guys, then don't expect the second part of the verse. Right. You just cut yourself off. Right. 
Uh, so, like, if you want your wife to love you more, you want your wife to be more submissive in, in the marriage, in the relationship, love her like Christ loved her. Because then there won't be a problem. Right. There, there won't be that, there won't be any animosity, there won't be any bitterness, there won't be any of that garbage that gets in the way because you are loving like Christ. You've come under the the, the, the authority of God and you're loving as Christ loved, loved his church, which is right. humbling himself to the point of dying. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't know if there's anything else to add no, to that. I think that. that's it. Um, but like if a church is just preaching women need to submit, then probably you need to find another church because there's probably a lot of unha- unhappy marriages. Yes. Um, that are just authoritative in nature. Right. Um, and so, if, like, thank God he wasn't like that with us. No. Just Amen. do what I say because right. I say it. Because I said so. Do what I say because I set an example for you and I washed your feet. And I that love translates, you this much. That translates to marriage and to parenting. Translates to everything. To, to everything. <laughs> that in, in, in that Because a lot of times as parents, you'd be like, do this because I said so, because this is what I want you to do. Well, a lot of times we we hold to one section of scripture and we base base all of our theology, our thoughts Mm -hmm. upon that. That's what I was getting at with the discipline of a child. Right. You you, you base it all on that one scripture. He who who doesn't discipline his kids hates them. Without even taking that scripture Without all the other things about exasperating the kid, about about loving. Or uh, that discipline uh, means to disciple. uh, Stewarding them or even them being made in the image of God. Right. So you take it and, and you make a single thing out of that one verse, and then right. that's what you did. That's what you base everything else on. But where? But that's and it's the same thing in marriage. So the, so we go back to the word the S word that we talked about last week. Our last Which people podcast. like. I mean, they didn't realize what we were talking about. No, I th- it was clickbait. Just so you know, that was clickbait. Everybody's like, "Ooh, this is gonna be juicy." Nope. <laughs> Your mind out of the gutter. Uh, our kids listen to this podcast. Yeah, come on, people, and our friends' kids. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but anyways, with that, with that, um, I don't even know where I was going now. You I'm ruined it. Sure. You ruined it. You ready for the next question? Sure. I was really passionate about that. Sorry. Because you want to want if you do it God's way, it's going <laughs> to succeed. That's all I got to say. If you're not doing it God's way, it's not going to succeed. You do it God's way, it's going to succeed. And it might take time, so don't throw in the towel after the first day. Like it's not instantaneous because God's working on oh, your yeah, character. It's work. And he's working on their character at the same time. And a lot of times, like, when you, like, resolve, like, okay, I'm going to, like, start working on this. Like, I feel like God's like, all right, let's let's actually start working on it. And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, Don't throw it, these challenges at me. Because because a lot of the things that are the issues are you. Yes. Right. So, like, as a man, like, like, if I don't love you the way that Christ loved you, then it's conviction in my life mm-hmm. because I'm not getting the fruit of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Sorry, I'm really distracted by our dogs right now. The, the dog is... Scratching its behind on the corner <laughs> of the wall and growling. Go ahead. Next question. Next. Okay. Our final question is, final um, question. this is a completely different subject. And they just messaged me personally, but I also know that they listen to the podcast. So I took it as a question. Oh. Um, okay. So do you have any good sermons, books, videos on soul winning um, that you would be willing to share? And that just that it's been pressing on our heart about soul winning, and this is one of our favorite subjects. So this tomorrow, after this podcast is recorded, which doesn't matter to you guys, but I'm yeah. just saying this, we're actually going to be going and teaming like up with to... another church yeah. um, to, do, to take our family out soul winning with mm-hmm. them. Um, just because we heard that they were doing it, and we thought, how cool would it be just to join forces, and their goal is to get 5,000 people saved uh, yeah. this year. That's right. And so like, we can we can hop on that vision and go help them. And, yep. And see the fruit of that. That's, we saw 6,000 this past yeah, year. Yeah, we saw 6,000 this past yeah. year um, come to know Jesus through personal evangelism. And so we do soul winning. We try to do it as a family. Um, but uh, 
but we do have some good resources. But, so what's the question? Am I supposed to say yes? Is it, is it like, <laughs> no. Yes. Um, you know what? I think so. I sent them resources, and if you want resources, well, excuse me. If you want resources, um, I guess we'll put. You know, we we have a Facebook group now called the Raising the Revival Generation Fellowship. And so if you uh, want resources, I think we're just going to go ahead and pop them in there because it's probably the easiest way to do it. So if you haven't joined that Facebook group, go ahead and join it now. And then you can be in the know of all those things. We have yeah. a poll up there right now. I think the poll was about we're going to – I think we're going to try to vlog tomorrow and just our whole process of it. Um, there was concern that we would be exploiting our children. I promise you we are not doing exploiting any – we're not exploiting our children. We're not going to be like a YouTube vlog family channel that's not us um but we're also we would never exploit people that we're sharing the gospel with as well we are extremely cautious in that and you know we're not going to be shoving gopros in anyone's faces or anything like that so it was just more i guess it was the thought was more just in in our preparation and how we do that not necessarily focusing on our children if they're even going to be in it um and you know it also goes without saying like if you if you guys ever see like our kids like in any of our platforms, um, we're not like forcing our children to like do that. Like when Micah came up to like talk about aliens, you know, so like I, I guess I just feel like I need to make that clear because that's what a, a hot topic. Yeah, um, but that's also, that's also just someone trying to look at, I don't know. Right. I'm not going to be mean to anybody, but like. It's, it's okay. We, so anyway. The whole thing is about our family and how we love them. Yeah. So right. Like, <laughs> right. I know. Anyways, uh, so we'll just leave it at that. that. So just just judge us by our character and yeah. by the godly uh, godliness you see in us. And mm-hmm. if you have a question um, that maybe like you're like, well, this is a red flag for me, then uh, just judge us based upon what you know about us. Um, and uh, and I'm pretty sure that that will be better than having any kind of weird statement. Oh, they're exploiting their kids. Well, I um, guess I mean, to be fair, they were saying that they don't like family vlogs because of the exploitation and so i guess like that they didn't specifically say like you're gonna exploit your children so oh. i feel like i have to like clarify okay. that because well, i don't want to like anyways. miscommunicate anything whatever they, and <clears throat> and i'm not i'm not being mean when i say this but if you if you don't enjoy it then by all means skip that video <laughs> but come back to the next one sure okay <laughs> and i'm not trying to be mean to you um, we love you uh you're part of the well every time generation. we go to, to vlog we always we mess it up anyway. Forget to do it. So, um, you were asking about stuff, and uh, we actually we have a we have a friend who's who's doing some stuff with soul soul winning and stuff like that. We mm-hmm. call it soul winning. And so this right here, you can't really see it. So it's wrinkly. all beat up. And this is this right here. Um, I was on a trip with Crazy Pastor Sam. Uh, has has he's been come to know come to be known on the I podcast? I prefer Ninja Pastor. He's he's of many things. Uh, he wears many hats, literally. Um, <laughs> and gives them away. But, but we were down in uh, in Tampa, and we were at the river, and uh, it was my first pastoral conference down at the river, and we were walking into the pavilion, and there was a table that said soul winning, mm. but nobody was at the table. Right. And but what we found was this thing called the gospel soul winning script. There were two of these, and so as a good Christian, I stole them. <laughs> Yeah. We are so sorry, Pastor Rodney. Yeah, I did not take any of your turf though, like other people were doing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but so enough. I took him and I and I showed him to Sam. I said, Sam, look at this, and because we had been doing trying to do soul winning and we were terrible at it. And so it's just a it's a simple script. And so a script, what a script is, it's a tool. 
It's to keep you on track so you get through the whole gospel presentation yeah. without jumping off into weird left field or right field <laughs> or not even getting to the gospel <laughs> at all. Law. Um, yeah, like it keeps you. Uh, it says, uh, it says, let me tell you something about the Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Right. There's sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life to Christ Jesus. The Bible also says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're whosoever. Right. And then, uh, so it gets through the whole thing. This is a tool that we've been using. When we, when we say that 6,000 people we've seen, it started with us in Florida, in Tampa, when yeah. I stole these uh, from the river. And we went out to eat at lunch. We were going into Ross's, so I think Manny could buy shoes. Someone was buying shoes at Ross's, which was weird it to sounds me. Sounds like Manny, because he likes shoes. 21 hours just to go to Ross's. <laughs> and, uh, and so we go, there's a guy outside, and he's selling chocolates to raise money. And so on our way into Ross's, Pastor Sam pulls out the soul winning script and he just reads it to him. Yep. And the guy says, I would, I would like to, I would like to pray. And so they, so we lead him through the prayer to give his life to Jesus. And so then we're inside Ross's and I had the other one. <laughs> there was only two. And I had the other one because Sam gave it to him. Pastor Sam gave it to him and said, share this with your friends. Now that you, now you have, now that you're uh, saved and you have salvation, share this with your friends. It's the best message ever. Share it. And so I, I'm inside, and I'm like, and I felt convicted by God. And God said, you're going to let him lead someone <laughs> to the Lord, and you're not going to do anything? Almost like jealousy. Like, like no one's ever going to win more people to Jesus than me because I love him that much. Uh-huh. And so I went outside, and his friend was there. And I went over to his friend, and I just, I said, hey. And I went through the soul winning script, which is just simple and easy. Don't and, tell and the rest of the story. And it's a, oh, no, I won't. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. Uh and his friend um, prays and gives his life to Jesus too. Amen. And so we've seen the fruit of this, and I think you could probably get this at the river. Yeah. So if you just Google like the river Tampa Soul Script, it the the PDF download comes like. And, and you can wow, yeah. my hair just. And you can you microphone. can download this and print it. We print it. We have it printed actually at a local place because we mm-hmm. want it nice because we like to give it to the people mm-hmm. so that they can share it they with their friends. It. And yeah. we've actually had people um, say that. I remember we were out soul winning with, with Mike Nelson. And he, he, we're walking to the car, and this person's going by on a scooter, and he, and he just stops him. He goes, hey! And he leads him to Jesus, and then they literally say, can I have that? Because I'm going to my friend's house, and I want to share it with them. And yeah. so he gave it to them. Mm-hmm. And so and she, they took it, and they went to their friend's yeah. house. And and so, like, this is just a tool that... that, that well, um, we had just the other day, like, a testimony with soul winning is that our team went out on Tuesday. It was a small team because a lot of people couldn't make it. So our team went out on Tuesday... Uh, and just our little town and 10 people, 10 people. But one of the people is somebody is the child of somebody in our church who has been, we have been praying for, for years. And so like, it's incredible. Like it's, and they, and they, and they gave, they, their, life they gave their life to Jesus. And so like, what's amazing about it is that like, sometimes like you, you're the means of which somebody has been praying for. Yeah. And then you think about that, like, then the hope is that with your loved ones that you're praying for, that someone's going to come to them and be like, has anyone ever told you that God loves you, you and has a wonderful one, plan for your life? What you do for somebody else, yeah. God will do for so you. It's so just, it's just incredible, like, what's happening. And, it, and you know, <clears throat> script, another trigger word, has been a trigger Woo! for people. The word script, because you you think it's this, like, non-authentic thing. But all it is, as he said, is it's a tool to share the gospel. You, It helps if you memorize it, which I have not done. I I get halfway through and I fumble every time, but it, it's to help you 
in remembering all the points of the gospel of scripture, you know, and, and leading them effectively in confession into Jesus, of sin and confession of sin. Right. And so it has all the things there. And so it just consolidates it into one thing to help you stay on track. Right. Because sometimes we'll like, we'll go to people and for me, like there's been so many people times in my life where I've wanted to share the gospel, but I simply haven't known how to do it, how to open up the conversation and, and what to say. And so what this does is it just teaches you how to open up the conversation. And that's literally simply by going over to someone and saying, like, you know, what's your name? And, has anyone and, ever told you God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? And just starting from there. And so just so you know, just like we were saying, like, if you're going to make your life better and you're, and, mm -hmm. and you're like, you're, you're changing that you're going to change some things, there's always going to be those people who come out naysayers. Oh, yeah. Right. So many and, people who and, don't like people sharing the gospel. And it's so, unbelievable. And so, like, with this, this one's beat up because it was in my drawer. But with this, when you start doing this, they're going to be like, well, where's the discipleship? Well, just so you know, it, before that person ever prayed that prayer, they were going to hell. That's right. So so you can start with that knowing that. Step number one, one share the gospel. Get them saved so that the Holy Spirit can start working in their life. Then get their contact information. Yeah. Invite them and to so, church. And so don't allow, don't allow people who don't share the gospel at all say like, well, what about discipleship? Because they're probably not doing anything anyways. Yeah. It's all, and, it, and in their idea, yeah. their idea, um, most likely, uh, disciples, uh, salvation is just holding a service where they start preaching about like whatever mm -hmm. and just invite your friends. Right. But this is going out to the highways and the hedges and bringing people to the table at the Lamb's Supper Amen. at the end. That's what Jesus says. Go and to the highways, go to the hedges, go to anywhere you can and get them so that they can come sit at the table with me at the end. And so this is what this is a tool to do that. And that's yeah. all this is. And, you know, recently we had this where one of our evangelists went out and they shared the gospel with somebody. And then, I mean, the next night that that person died, like that person is gone, is now in eternity. So sometimes, and I'm just going to just lay this out there, sometimes there's no time for discipleship. Yeah. Sometimes that could be the last it's opportunity. The the you are literally the last Christian that they are ever going to run into. And if you don't open your mouths and, and, and share the gospel with them, they're going to spend eternity separated from Jesus. We were just reading that There's today, a wait. Right, with the thief on the cross. Yeah. He says, Jesus, remember me when you enter mm -hmm. your kingdom. And he mm -hmm. says, you're going to be there with me. Right. No discipleship. None. No baptism. <laughs> there was nothing. Just, just, it was just like, you're going to die, man, and you're going to be that's with it. me. And right. So, so God has a lot of grace, and God has a lot of compassion. And if I just say this one more time, we actually made our own for our students, because our students uh, at our youth ministry are now soul winning. Are now soul winning. Awesome. We have people who go regularly. We're bringing some out tomorrow. And so this, yeah, they're going to be with us. And so this is ours. We just, we updated the colors. We made it a little bit more uh, broken down. Cool. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we took what they had. We didn't, we didn't mess with the message. Mm -hmm. We just messed with the color scheme right. and put our little refuge logo on there. Um, and then, uh, and then an invite to church, actually. Yep. There's your discipleship. Come out and be a part of it. Right. And by um, all means, if you're going to Solon and you're leading, you know, whoops, and you're Leading people to Jesus, you know, get their phone numbers, get their names, yes, interact with them, send them a text after, you know, like it's very easily, it's very easily done. Um, but it, it and, takes the first step of going out and sharing the gospel. And, and we're so, all called to do that. It's not just evangelists. It's yeah. not just pastors. That's just pastors, families. It, everybody, all of us as believers, this is our job. This is like the great command, uh, commission. commission, not commandment. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And I would, I mean, 
honestly say majority of Christians are not doing it. And, and like, you get a lot of like people too, like, well, I share the gospel, you know, without ever saying any words because I do good things and they know I'm a Christian or like, well, I'm going to build relationships first because I don't want to like shove it down their throat. But like, but if you've never actually shared the gospel with your best friend that you love, that's an issue. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. Anything else? So we're going to put resources for that um, just offhand. Some of the resources, you know, uh, The River, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown in Tampa, um, Revival Today Church, Jonathan Shuttlesworth is a, is a good resource there. They've got like a massive soul winning thing that they've just started. Um, uh, American Awakening, Tommy Zito, that's another good resource. Um, Lake Church, Newport, New Hampshire, it's a great it's a great resource, um, but you know they, those resources are there. Well, there was and a, then the Jesus Project. The, yeah, that was the other um, one. So the Jesus Project is actually making um, resources so that you can actually. Very quickly. And I don't know find. the exact website. Well, the website isn't. There's going to be two websites right now, but if you go to the Jesus you Project, you get cool shirts. Yeah, the Jesus Project right now, which is like their store. You know, they have an example of the um, so coming soon, and hopefully, you know, in the next we'll, we'll few put days, their this, up. this will be up um, because it's a great. That, 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 that one's a great resource and they actually actually have a contact them for mm-hmm. so that they could establish like a soul winning training which is really cool and we do you that. can get cool swag and you get cool swag yeah <laughs> so um so yeah yeah is that it i that's it for our questions if you have more questions we'll always take questions um I, we you know we put out on every single one of our posts you know we'll, we'll take questions yeah we like q a with the clebs questions are nice because we don't have to think of like what we're going to talk about Yes. Not that there's ever a whole lot of planning that goes into it. We just start talking and see where we land. But You done? Yeah. No, I'm just wondering. I feel like you're rushing me out of this. Well, I have to go to the bathroom. And we have to go to the bank. So, I am <laughs> rushing you. You, you read me right. correctly. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, don't forget to give this a thumbs up, a heart. Uh, share it with your friends. We have some goals that we're trying to meet in our... I was rushing you for a reason. Just go. Go, hurry up, have... hurry up, hurry okay, up. Okay, all right. We have some goals we're trying to meet in our subscribers on YouTube and on Spotify. So if you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and do so. That is very supportive of our ministry. If you want to partner with us, um, there will be ways on this post that you can partner with us Amen. Uh, through Cash App. And uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And... <laughs> Still doing this thing.